NASCAR suspends a driver for intentionally causing a dangerous wreck. Joe Biden wants to take away gig worker status as contractors. George Floyd's daughter's mother wants to sue Kanye West for comments he made. And much, much more on today's Random Thoughts. Hello and welcome to episode number 209 of the Random Thoughts podcast, spelled R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill, and as always, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on in the world. Joe Biden says the economy is strong as hell, but to be fair, I don't think Joe has seen any facts or figures they just give him ice cream cones now and tell him to read the teleprompter where he will read things like the dot in a web address like i just told you randomthoughts.com joe would have said random thoughts d-o-t-c-o-m he reads anything that's on the teleprompter he doesn't comprehend what he is viewing in the teleprompter he is simply reading And again, that should scare the hell out of everybody. Corruption running rampant. As always, Nancy Pelosi's family made a lot of money on a big stock purchase right before, you know, they stopped allowing the individual stock purchases. But none of that stuff. It's all that fun to talk about. Still biting my cheek every now and then. They shaved down the new crown a little bit and the tooth above it a little bit yesterday. It's a little better, but I hit it again. So now it's just to get the procedure to go through to make sure it completely heals. So I know if it's still actually grabbing the cheek or if it's just grabbing the cheek because of the fact that the cheek is inflamed once you bite down on it one too many times. But NASCAR, again, in the headlines, and this is an interesting story for. Some very long and complex reasons. But when it comes down to it, we had a driver do something very dangerous and is paying the price with a one race suspension. Although the way NASCAR runs things, and at the time of the year that it is, the reality is a suspension at this point is not as severe as the same suspension would have been earlier in the year or if the driver was actually in the current playoff scenario. But Bubba Wallace, NASCAR's Cup Series, which is the top NASCAR series, the only black driver, has not been having a good year. We can say that for at least the first part of the year, he started to come out a little bit, finally got a victory, and it seemed like things were changing up until Las Vegas this weekend. It wasn't like things were not changing. He was running well, but as former NASCAR driver Kenny Wallace described, no relation to Bubba, he said in his estimation, Bubba doesn't have a chip on his shoulder. He has a chip on both shoulders, and I think a lot of 
professional athletes are like that. They feel like they have more to prove, especially after going through a stage where maybe they weren't doing all that great. They have a lot to prove. And racing is a bit more give and take than other sports. And what happened in this case, this past weekend in Las Vegas, was Bubba Wallace was running side by side with Kevin Harvick. When from behind them, Kyle Larson, last year's NASCAR champion, so the defending champion, although he has been already eliminated from this year's championship run. And I know what a lot of you are thinking, well, why is he still racing? Because that's the way NASCAR does it. They have a very strange way of doing the playoffs because it really wouldn't be all that fun of a race. If there were only four guys, eight guys, 16 in the race. So what they do for their playoffs is everybody is still racing It just means more for the drivers that are still in the playoff competition. So, yes, everybody is still out there playing, but they start with 16, then go down to eight, then go down to four. As far as drivers who are still eligible to win the championship. Now, in this case, Bubba Wallace again running up high, Kevin Harvick running underneath him from behind them the defending NASCAR champion, Kyle Larson, comes with a big run. Big run gets down below them. They are going now three wide on the racetrack. It can be done on certain tracks. He gets past Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick decides, I want nothing to do with this. Backs off slightly. And what you now have is Kyle Larson slightly in front of Bubba Wallace. But when you're going through the turns at the rate of speed that they were going through, if you go into the turn a little bit hot, maybe you've done this in your car. Your car starts moving because of the force on the car. It starts moving to the side. And that is exactly what happened to Kyle Larson. He kept slowly moving up the track, moving up the track, moving up the track, giving Bubba less and less room. No contact was ever made. Bubba got scared which is how Kenny Wallace described it. Bubba got scared and hit the wall of his own choosing because Bubba could have held his line. Bubba, well, one, Bubba could have backed off, which means Bubba could have taken his foot off the accelerator for a brief moment, allowed Kyle Larson to move in front of him and go on racing. But Bubba's got the chips on his shoulders. You saw that in the interview, if you saw it after the race, when he said he just doesn't lift. That's not his style. He's not going to lift. And what ended up happening when he got scared that Kyle Larson was getting closer to him rather than hitting Kyle Larson right here, Bubba overcorrects, puts himself into the wall. And then what happens next is what got the penalty of a suspension for Bubba Wallace. The Kyle Larson car goes all the way down towards the infield because they make a little bit of contact after Bubba comes off the wall. Bubba follows him all the way down to the apron of the racetrack, the very inside of the racetrack. They are still traveling in the 180-so mile-an-hour range at this point, and Bubba just straight out clips him. 
causes the Kyle Larson car and Bubba's car to go spinning. Kyle Larson's car takes out Christopher Bell's car, a driver that was still in the championship, not so much anymore. And what we had was a couple of wrecked race cars from Bubba Wallace and from Kyle Larson. A lot of drivers that have been talking about this condemn this highly as one of the most dangerous things that can be done on a racetrack. Joey Logano, another former champion, talked about how a careless move like that, done intentionally in this case by Bubba Wallace, could have injured or even killed Kyle Larson. They've been having a lot of problems with the car. We've talked about that here a little bit this year, which is the brand new car that NASCAR debuted this year in the hopes of having more equality or equity depending how you want to look at it, that the car has not been all that good in driver safety, especially when it comes to times when the impact comes from the back of the car. So sending somebody spinning on a straightaway at 190 miles an hour, a very, very dangerous thing to do, but it didn't stop there. Bubble Wallace got out of his car, and they were not close, the two cars. Bubba Wallace's car was on the racetrack up high. The Kyle Larson car came to rest in the infield on the grass. So they both get out of their cars, and it takes Bubba Wallace, I mean, a good, I believe, 60 seconds walking slowly from his car down to where Kyle Larson's car is. And this already, I mean, I know there's only so many officials and it's a mile and a half racetrack and it's big, but you should have been rushing somebody there to maybe get between these two drivers. Before Bubba got to Kyle Larson, because you could tell, I mean, there was no reason for Bubba to be walking towards Kyle Larson. So you kind of knew the look in his eye, the way he was walking, Bubba was pissed. There was going to be a confrontation. And when Bubba got to the car, and it's interesting because I looked this up, they're both listed as five foot six, but there's no way Bubba has a few inches on Kyle Larson, which means either Bubba lied and made himself shorter in his bio or Kyle Larson lied and made himself a little bigger. I'm guessing the latter of the two. But Bubba's a much bigger guy. Starts pushing Kyle Larson. Kyle just puts his arm out like, hey, I'm having none of this. As an odd side note, a couple of years ago during COVID, I believe, they were having some of these computer racing things where the drivers were competing against each other and other folks. And Kyle Larson, referring to a friend of his or something, used the dreaded N-word and was then forced to go to sensitivity training. Kyle Larson is not black. Again, Bubba Wallace, the only black driver in NASCAR Cup Series. But Kyle Larson is a quarter Japanese. So, I mean, maybe this was was possibly some uh, hate action here from Bubba. Who knows? I mean, that's how the leftist media would cover it anyway. No, I don't believe that. I believe these were just two drivers, both really pissed off. I don't think race had anything to do with it. 
but Bubba Wallace pushes Kyle Larson a few times. Kyle is not having anything to do with it. After about the third or fourth time of shoving Kyle Larson, Bubba decides maybe it's a good idea to just walk away, and he does. Now, here's where the unfortunate thing came, and nobody has been talking about this when it comes down to this suspension. This is why I thought he was going to be suspended, probably for more than one race. He was, at that point, walking towards the pit lane, but NASCAR has a rule, which is if your car gets wrecked and it cannot make it back to the garage with you driving it, you have to take a little trip to the infield care center. They usually take you from on the track, put you in a little ambulance type thing, and then you go to the infield care center where a doctor will check the driver out and then release them if there are no medical issues. Well, Bubba was still mad, but there was a NASCAR official there who his job was to get Bubba to the infield care center. And he tried to stop Bubba. He was in front of him, you know, arms out like, hey, 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 wait, we got to get you to the infield care center. And Bubba gave him a little push as well. To me, I kind of figure this is like Major League Baseball. If you want to argue with an official, they may throw you out if you say one of the magic words. But an instantaneous ejection and suspension comes when you lay your hands on an official. Bubba did that and was not a good look for Bubba. The interview afterwards, also not a good look where he was a little bit uh, terse with the NBC reporter who was asking him if he thought, you know, wrecking somebody was a good idea. And Bubba just told him to stop fishing. It's like, well, he's not really fishing. He's doing his job. The people in the booth covering it, Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Jeff Burton, two guys that have spent a lot of time behind the wheel of a race car, both immediately said, ah, that was intentional. This was not accidental. But I will give it to Bubba. He knows also one of the other official, unofficial rules of NASCAR is if you don't admit to doing it, quite often the penalty is less. If you admit to doing it, the penalty is always going to be more. So I kind of get that part. I thought it was interesting that NASCAR didn't call Bubba Wallace to the hauler at the racetrack after the race. No, this waited until this week, Tuesday. A NASCAR announcement came that said. The incident was a violation of Section 4.3A and 4.4C and E of the NASCAR Member Code of Conduct, which rule 4.4C stating intentionally wrecking or spinning another vehicle as an action that could invoke a penalty. And yes, they have given him a one-race suspension. So barring an appeal, Bubba Wallace will not be racing in this weekend's race, but as I said, he was not in the championship hunt to begin with. So besides costing him a little bit of money and some pride, it's not a huge suspension. I knew NASCAR was going to have to do something, but I was curious how this was going to happen in the new woke world that we are living in because again, Bubba Wallace is the only black driver in NASCAR and that puts NASCAR under a microscope here. The owner of Bubba Wallace's team. You may have heard of him, Michael Jordan of NBA fame. 
And while I have nothing to back this up, maybe Bubba, after sleeping on it, decided his actions were a little bit too much. But I'm guessing maybe there was a chat with Michael Jordan because on Monday, Bubba, through his social media, of course, everything's done through social media, came out with a statement that said, quote, I want to apologize for my actions on Sunday following the on-track incident with Kyle Larson and the number five car. My behavior does not align with the core values that are shared by 23XI Racing and our partners. We have played a crucial role in my incredible journey to the top of this great sport, end quote. Yeah, incredible, Bubba. Incredible. I like the little pat on the back. I also like that it specifically says following the on-track incident with Kyle Larson. See, the problem, Bubba, is your suspension did not come because you shoved Kyle Larson. It was because you wrecked him on the track. So saying you apologize for the on-track incident or for what happened after the on-track incident, what you really should be doing is apologizing for the on-track incident that put your fellow competitors' lives in danger and took somebody in Christopher Bell out of the championship picture because you lost your cool. And everybody loses their cool every now and then. And I will credit Kyle Larson for his interview afterwards where he said, you know, it happens. We've all done it. He also said he would much rather that a driver, Bubba, or anybody else comes up and shoves him after a race rather than wrecking on the racetrack, which is way more dangerous and costs the teams a lot more money and man hours and putting cars back together. So I give Kyle Larson a lot of credit for the way he handled it. Of course, he was also not in the playoff picture at this point. I personally think that Bubba deserved the one race suspension. He probably deserved to be sit down for the rest of this season for intentionally wrecking somebody at 190 miles an hour. But I don't think it rose to the level of canceling him. And that's exactly what a lot of people tried to do because that's what you do in this day and age in this woke world. There were a lot of people on the Twitters and other social media, I'm guessing, who were tagging McDonald's and other Bubba's sponsors in their posts saying, I'm never going to go to McDonald's as long as you're sponsoring this guy. And it's like, no, not for one incident, not for one, even as dangerous as it was, not just for one temper tantrum. That is the insanity of this world is, yeah, okay, there's a punishment that is deserved for this, but it's not to the level that people want. Any little thing, People will try to totally ruin somebody's life because they don't like something they said or something they did. And I think Bubba can learn from this. He has shown some promise as being a race car driver. And I hope he gets the chance to go on to continue to prove that and understand that in racing, like a lot of things, sometimes the best winning move is to back off a little bit. You know, it's kind of like war games where uh, Joshua, the computer, said the only winning move is not to play when it comes to nuclear war. Well, that's true. When it comes to NASCAR racing, sometimes the winning move is back off a little bit, show some respect on the track to the other drivers because you're going to get out of hand at one point or another. Everybody is going to overdrive 
at one point or another. If not, they're not racing. If they're not pushing those vehicles to the limits, they're not doing their job. So, Bubba, the concept that you're never going to lift is plain old stupidity and going to hurt you way more than it's going to hurt the other drivers. And here's the thing. If you had to back off just a little bit, you would have still been racing. Maybe you would have won that race. Kyle Larson, a previous champion who also races overall pretty clean compared to a lot of the race car drivers that are out there. Kyle Larson would have put that into his memory banks and said, wow, yeah, I overdrove that. And he admitted he did. And he would have remembered that, you know what, Bubba gave me the room. Bubba drove me clean. So the next time you were making a pass on him, Bubba, he'd have been like, well, maybe I won't wreck him. Maybe I'll back off a little bit. That's the give and take of life, really. But it definitely is the give and take of a race car driver that needs to be done unless, you know, if you're on the final lap, if you're really going for the win, then no, you don't give anybody an inch. But this wasn't the final lap. You're mid-race. Yeah, you can maybe, you can give an inch every now and then. The only thing I really want to know, and there's no way to know for sure, is would Bubba Wallace have done the same thing coming down, walking towards the car and pushing the driver of the other car if that other driver was somebody a little bit bigger and a little bit meaner, like a Kevin Harvick type, where you know you're going to get a fight. Kyle Larson is a California guy, about as soft-spoken and laid back as you can get. I just wonder if that kind of gave Bubba's chip a little bit of room to grow and his uh, confidence level to be there. I'm just curious. I'm just curious about that. Or what about if the other driver had been female? On a side note, Haley Deegan made her debut in the series right below the premier series in NASCAR this weekend. And her goal was a top 15 finish, and she finished 13th, did really well, showed that she can compete, and she is a whole lot of fun to watch. And I enjoy having females in NASCAR because it's not like we're going to have to throw a female onto a team where she can't compete because we just have to have a female. She's out there doing the same damn job and doing it well. There's a lot of people that were upset that she was getting that run this weekend because she's a female. That's ah, the Danica Patrick thing. And when it comes to auto racing, here's a little secret, everybody. A big part of it is being able to get sponsorship money. That's where the funding comes from. So, yeah, you know what? There's a lot of sponsors out there who go, yeah, every one of these drivers, these guys are all fairly the same. There's a lot of products out there who are like, you know, it'd really be nice if we had a female. And that would be a different face to put out there, especially, you know, for different products that maybe guys don't use as much, whatever. Maybe there could be a makeup car. It doesn't, who knows? But there's a lot of reasons why being a female could be advantageous in a sport like auto racing because of the sponsors. But if you're running along the back and you're finishing last all the time, then you're not going to get the job. So this is not a bad thing. It's just the reality of where the money comes from. And I will say from watching Haley's YouTube channel, her and her boyfriend do some crazy stunts. They do all sorts of different dirt racing. They've got a dirt track right out on their property where they go and they'll jump past you know, the little uh, four by fours and the motorcycles and all that kind of thing. And I'm thinking, 
in a fight between Bubba Wallace and Haley Deegan, I might give it to Haley Deegan. She seems a scrappy and just mean enough to where she could probably take Bubba. I mean, I'd pay for, I'd pay to watch that one. I, that's something that would bring the fans into the seats. I think maybe we'll get our wish in a year or two. If you go back and see some of the ARCA races that Haley Deegan drove in over the years was not shy about using the uh, chrome horn on the front of the vehicle. Speaking of getting paid to drive, and oh, what a segue that is. Joe Biden wants to make gig workers employees, which is something that is going to continue screwing up this country basically beyond all repair because Joe Biden has no idea what he's doing. His brain is mush. And this proposal would really change the landscape of a lot of things going on right now because a lot of stuff is gig work. And the bottom line here is they want to take all of these companies like Uber, like Lyft, like the ones that do groceries where that's uh, shipped. And there's another one. According to Reuters, quote, the proposal would require that workers be considered employees entitled to more benefits and legal protections than contractors when they are economically dependent on a company. It could have wide ranging impacts on company profits and hiring household incomes and worker quality of life. End quote. It says the rules expected next year after a 45 day public comment period which will begin on Thursday. And to me, this makes zero sense because a gig job is not a normal job. You do not go in for an interview. Most importantly, they do not set hours for you. A real job, somebody tells you, hey, you'll be here, 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 this day, this day, this day. When you're a gig worker, you wake up and you go, ah, do I feel like working? Although a lot of people seem to be doing that with regular jobs now. But you get to decide when you want to work, how many hours you want to work. There is no process that you have to go meet somebody, go through interviews. I mean, hell, when I worked for Circuit City, it was like three interviews when they were opening up here in the Chicago area. There's none of that. When you get into a car with somebody from Uber, there was no interview. I mean, they did a background check on them, allegedly, when they provided their ID, if that's actually the person that's in the car with you. But there's no interviewing process. You get to decide if you're doing the gig work when you want to work. If you just want to deliver groceries between 8 and 9 a.m., Monday and Tuesday and Friday, that's fine. This concept that, well, if the workers are dependent upon the company, they're an employee. No, you don't get to choose that. That's asinine. That would totally mess up the business models that these gig economies have in place, these companies. And all it's going to do, say it with me, is raise the prices of everything, which is maybe what Joey wants, mush brain. It seems to be everything he's doing because gas prices are way up. Grocery prices are way up. Let's take a little side trip down the fact that there's a bunch of things at the grocery store that just aren't at the grocery store anymore. It's not like a yogiism. The great thing is the things that are at the grocery store aren't at the grocery store. Yeah. Been noticing that yet again, how many items are out of stock 
at the grocery store. This does not bode well. If you want a little bit of advice, if you don't want to go full on prepper, you still might want to start buying two of things when you go to the grocery store instead of one, especially things that aren't perishable or obviously I should say aren't perishable. Don't buy things that are going to go bad, but for the staples, things that can sit in your pantry for a while, you might want to start stocking up a little bit. But this concept that we want to make the gig workers full-time employees would probably take businesses like Uber and Lyft and destroy them. This is the only reason they can compete with things like a traditional taxi cab company, you know, or limo service was because of the fact that the working pool that they have is wide. People are bringing their own vehicles and this just does not like so many things going on out of the Biden administration makes sense. People choose to do gig work. It is supposed to be supplemental. That doesn't mean you get to decide that it's going to be full-time. The company wants to use a bunch of contractors. Just because you want to work for them for 80 hours a week doesn't mean you're their full-time employee because you're still gig work. You still decide. You can still wake up tomorrow and go, don't want to work today. You can wake up the next day. I don't want to work today either. The next day, hey, you know what? I want to work for 34 minutes. And you're able to do that. Donald Trump saw this, which is this is another reason why if you're going to vote Democrat, I really don't understand it. But Reuters goes on to say the proposed rule is the latest move in a politically charged battle that has pitched Republicans and companies against Democrats and worker groups. Over the past decade, it would replace a Trump administration regulation that says workers who own their own business or have the ability to work for competing companies, such as a driver who works for Uber and Lyft, can be treated as contractors, end quote. And that makes a whole lot of sense, meaning if you want to do the driving thing, well, you could take customers from Uber. From your app, you can take customers from Lyft. You can take customers of whoever else there is. And they're guessing there's more than just Uber and Lyft. Same thing delivering groceries. There's multiple companies, Instacart and Ship, and I'm sure there are others that do that. The whole concept here, again, is you pick up the work when it's available. You are not a full-time employee for that company. And the impact that this would also have, because then if you consider somebody a full-time employee for one, well, if you're a full-time employee for Uber, well, then you can't work for Lyft. And then the people will be like, but I want to work for Lyft. There's no business from Uber today. These businesses, as much as I would never want to do any of those jobs, the reason they exist is because of the way they are currently existing, not in this reimagining, which would probably destroy the businesses, which maybe again is what the Biden administration really wants is to continue to cause financial strife to the people that are just trying to make ends meet doing these jobs. Most people that do the gig work, it appears, are doing so to supplement their income. So you work in nine to five. 
Maybe you go out and deliver groceries or you drive people around from 6 to 10. Or you do it on the weekend. And then how do you treat those people? Well, Joey doesn't know. Joey's brain is mush. And this is just another case of either extreme incompetence when it comes from the Biden administration or intentionally trying to torpedo the financial well-being of everybody in the United States. You decide which one it is. I'm still on the fence of whether it's just complete incompetence or it is an inside hit job on the financial stability of the country. Again, when you want to do one of these gig jobs, you do not have to go through an interview. I looked it up on the Uber website. Requirements to be an Uber driver. You have to meet the minimum age to drive in your city. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you actually have to be a licensed driver to drive for Uber. That's where they're starting the bar, folks. You have to have at least one year of licensed driving experience in the United States or three years if you're under 25 years old. That means you can start driving for Uber at 19. So if you started driving at 16, Uber says 19 and older. As long as you've been driving for three years, you're in. Have a valid U.S. driver's license. Have an eligible four-door vehicle. And the documents that they require to get you behind the wheel for a Uber is a valid driver's license, proof of residency in your city, state, or province, proof of vehicle insurance if you plan to drive your own car, and a driver profile photo. That's what they get from you before you start driving people around. So the next time you get into an Uber, understand the very, very hard process that these people have been just rigorous that they've been put through in order to get behind the wheel to drive you around. But I digress. I thought this story was very, very interesting and very telling. This from Breitbart, quote, the mother of George Floyd's daughter has reportedly announced a $250 million lawsuit against Kanye West claiming the billionaire rapper and fashion mogul's recent comments in which he seemed to attribute Floyd's death to fentanyl and not police brutality have re-traumatized her daughter, end quote. The lawyers for Roxy Washington allege, quote, harassment, misappropriation, defamation, and infliction of emotional distress against Kanye West. The Breitbart article points out you cannot defame somebody once they're dead, but let's not pay any attention to the facts. This was something we talked about at the time of George Floyd's death, if you go back and listen to the random thoughts from around then, there was plenty of talk that fentanyl played a factor in the death of George Floyd. And on a recent podcast, Kanye West said, quote, they hit him, meaning Floyd, with the fentanyl. If you look, the guy's knee wasn't even on his neck like that, end quote. That's what Kanye West said. And of course, that's what is leading to this lawsuit, which we don't know if it's actually been filed or if it's just being threatened, because a lot of times they're just threatened because they're expecting the person that they're threatening to just come in and settle. But I don't see that as happening in this case. Kanye does not appear to be easy to push over. 
I mean, he's a little bit crazy. I mean, he's admitted he's bipolar. But beyond that, Kanye says some very controversial stuff. But he is somebody in the public eye. George Floyd's death was very much in the public eye. You can't go around and sue people for talking about an event that literally changed the world, that literally took a country in the United States very quickly from one state of being to another. You cannot go after and try to sue somebody for having that discussion. Now, the most interesting thing about this was something that I had no recollection if I have ever seen this. I certainly don't remember anything about this, but this is George Floyd's daughter, the mother of the daughter, suing Kanye West for these statements back in June of 2020. Breitbart had a report, quote, music and fashion mogul Kanye West has stepped up with a $2 million donation to support George Floyd's family members, as well as those of Ahmaud Arbery and Breonna Taylor and businesses. The funds would include a 529 education plan to cover tuition costs for George Floyd's six-year-old daughter, Gianna Floyd. Wells Fund will also help pay legal fees for the Arbery and Taylor families, as well as black-owned businesses in Chicago and other cities. And, and quote, it goes on from there. But Kanye West already, after the George Floyd incident, reached out to this girl, to her family, and said, hey, I'll pay for your college tuition, helping out the families in other ways. So now you want to sue him. That's just rich, isn't it? There was no reason that Kanye West had to come out with $2 million, which a decent portion of that, it seems, would be to help this girl back in June of 2020. But now Kanye says something that the mother didn't like, and now you're going to try to sue him for $250 million. It's rich, but this is the world we live in. Just like Bubba Wallace didn't back off an inch to give Kyle Larson a little room for making his mistake. There's repercussions for all this. There are repercussions for having that chip on your shoulder. There's repercussions for just living your life, looking to blame other people for the things that have happened to you that are bad. You're never going to be happy if you're always looking around for other people to blame for your own misery. It really is unbelievable to go after somebody who was so generous when they didn't have to be. It's not enough. It's never enough for the people on the left. Kanye is learning that it is never enough for the people on the left. But I want to thank all of you for giving me your time, for hanging out, for listening to this random thoughts podcast. It is very much appreciated. This show does work on the value for value model, which means if you've gotten any value out of this show whatsoever, you can go to our website, randomthoughts.com slash donate. Click that donate button to do a one-time or monthly donation through PayPal. Use the QR codes or the wallet addresses to do the crypto thing. Use the P.O. Box address. You can go to patreon.com slash randomthoughts if you're in Patreon. And you can use a podcasting 2.0 app to stream us some sats. 
or to send us a boost or a boostagram. Go to newpodcastapps.com to find out more about that. Today, we have one very special person to thank for this show. My buddy Johnny Hipwell up in Canada. Been going through some tough times. Also, having some uh, dental problems. They are the worst. Let me tell you, the dental problems are the worst. Root canals are the worst. But you feel better usually once they're done, unless you keep biting your cheek, which, uh, yeah, it's getting old. But Johnny comes in with the $9.99 donation. That is very much appreciated. And I appreciate, I appreciate, see, when you get enough dental work done, you can't even talk. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you supporting the show. And I hope everybody becomes more like Johnny. Go over and help support this little engine that could keep the microphones on, the servers humming, everything sounding good. It is all very much appreciated, but I get it. Uncle Joey's mush brain has lowered the amount in your bank account. So if that's the case, just make sure you go out, tell a friend or two about the show, turn them onto the show. It would be very much appreciated. And with that said, until next week, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening. 